Actually, when I look around here, I see so many faces that are so familiar that I think probably some of you could come and give this talk better than I could do. <laughs> but anyway, in the talk this evening, as we begin this two-week retreat together, I'd like to briefly outline the structure and format of the retreat, the ways in which we'll develop the actual meditation practice, and also to speak more on the emphasis that we will give in the meditation, the emphasis in the retreat, the basic fundamentals that are actually behind the meditation practice. When we look around us, what we so often see is a world of differences, a world of different objects, a world of different people with different presentations, a world of different forms, different experiences. And that world of differences is also often perceived as being a world of separation. One person, one object, being quite separate and different from another person, another object. When we look around, even here in this room, also it's very easy to perceive differences. We come here from different backgrounds, different lifestyles. Each one of us has a different personal history. We also all have, to some degree, different conditioning, which leads us to see each other, to see the world, and to see ourselves in different ways. We have different presentations, obviously, to the world different personalities, different issues that each one of us is dealing with, different needs that we seek to have met. Quite probably, too, we bring with us different objectives, different aspirations into a retreat. For one person, they see a retreat as a a form, an opportunity to deal with issues in their lives. Another person may see meditation as being some sort of means or tool in which to change themselves, to free themselves of certain characteristics or qualities which seem limiting, to develop other qualities, characteristics, which they see as being more fulfilling, lending more richness to their lives. If we take away the superficial differences, if we set aside the surface presentations, the appearances, the conditioning, the histories, we're able to question and see not only differences, but to give some emphasis and awareness 
also to what we share. Each one of us, <coughs> as an individual, has a capacity to suffer. Each one of us, as an individual, has the capacity to experience pain and conflict in our lives. We also have the capacity to experience happiness, to experience joy and serenity, to experience love. We also share, on a fundamental level, each one of us desires to be free from pain and conflict. Each one of us, on a fundamental level, also wishes to live with respect, with care and sensitivity, with compassion and understanding. All of this we share on a fundamental level. All of this connects us to each other on a basic human level. The very entering into retreat, the very coming here, also expresses something else that we share that we share in actively seeking the ways and means in which to develop those qualities of understanding and love and care. That each one of us has sufficient care and sensitivity to look within, to examine ourselves, to examine our relationships. It is very easy in life to give emphasis to differences. It's all too easy to give emphasis to the superficial, to the presentations and the appearances. And in that, to lose that sense of connection with what we share, to lose a sense of connection with what is truly fundamental and significant in living a life of freedom, a life of love, a life of sensitivity. Harmony and wholeness in life, both inner wholeness and a relationship to the world of harmony and sensitivity, becomes very inaccessible as long as we do give priority to what divides, as long as we do give emphasis to difference. Because as long as there is a priority given to difference, then that means in our lives there will be division. It does mean that separation becomes reinforced. And in that, of course, when there is difference, when there is division, there is conflict. There is a separation between you and I, between us and them. There is anger, there is defensiveness, and so there is aggressiveness. All of which can consume so much energy in our lives, can consume so much time and attention, that what is truly significant, 
inner freedom, love, compassion, sensitivity is easily lost sight of. We tend even to lose a vision of what a true life, a significant life of sensitivity and wholeness is. And yet, in the busyness of our lives, in the complexities of our minds, the pressures, the demands that each one of us has to deal with in our lives, it is all too easy to become disconnected from what is of fundamental value. It's all too easy to become disconnected from what is of true significance. It's all too easy to lose sight within ourselves of the utter significance, the essential significance of being free, of understanding, of love, of sensitivity. When we are disconnected from those fundamentals, it does color every area of our lives. Certainly that sense of being disconnected with what is of true significance certainly colors our relationship to the universe. We lose the perspective that what we share as individuals, we share with every other living being in the universe. That just as we wish to be free from pain and conflict, to live with love and care and respect, to be free from fear, that those same values, the same needs, are shared by every living being, and that we as an individual are a participant in the universe, and we contribute to it with our thought, with our speech, with our action. We affect and influence the world around us, and are affected and influenced within by what goes on around us. If we are disconnected with that relationship to the universe, it is all too easy to become rather indifferent, rather apathetic, as if what is happening out there is very separate, very removed from what is happening within me. And then so often the complexities and the busyness of what is happening within me becomes of all-consuming importance. My needs, my wishes, my desires. Suddenly being disconnected with the fundamentals of, of love and understanding certainly colors our relationship with other people. If we are not connected with what we share with another, with each person in this room, with each person in our lives, what happens in our relationships? So often our relationships all too easily become a kind of arena in which to either assert improve or to defend ourselves. All too easy in our relationships with life, other people become objects who are rather seen in the light of having the power either to, to gratify or to threaten us. 
And we lose the perspective that what a relationship is, is a meeting, a sharing, a giving and a taking. I wonder if we are conscious of what happens within ourselves, if we are disconnected with what is of true significance in our own lives. When we are out of touch with what is fundamental to a life of wholeness, a life of freedom, so often we do find ourselves becoming simply lacking in direction, either drifting along through life or striving to fulfill different desires, different wishes, to accumulate, to get. Or we find ourselves in different ways becoming somewhat mechanical, habitual in our lives. We may find ourselves, when we lose sight of the need for freedom, the need for understanding, instead find ourselves involved in the pursuit of trying to create for ourselves as much as possible a world with as great a comfort as possible and as little disturbance as possible. And so we become involved in pursuing pleasure, avoiding pain, again unaware of the challenges that each moment brings to us. Or, at times, we find ourselves simply becoming lost in a rather limited view of who we are as a person. Find ourselves becoming lost in mind states, in conditioning, in desire or aversion in relationship to personality, in trying to change this and that within ourselves, losing sight of the the need to really look at our belief systems, to really develop a kind of vision within ourselves that recognizes and acknowledges that each one of us does have the potential to be fully free and whole within ourselves, that each one of us does have the potential to be free from conflict and pain, that each one of us does have the potential to live a fully caring and loving life. We enter into a retreat together and it is important that we look at what this retreat means to us, what this retreat is for, why we come here, what the, the objective is to come here and spend some days in silence together, sitting, walking. For us, we do not come here to tell you how you should be or how you should live your life. We do not come here to try and offer you models of the kind of person what image you should try and achieve. But rather, a retreat is an opportunity to once more refresh our connection with the basic fundamentals to living a life of freedom and wholeness. 
A life, a retreat is an opportunity to reconnect with what is of true significance within ourselves, to expand that vision within ourselves that allows us to see that we do have the potential to be free, that we do have the potential to know the end of conflict, A retreat is not even so much a place necessarily to learn how to meditate, because to learn how to meditate is really very simple. You can even put out a pamphlet on the the various techniques. Rather that the hows, the techniques, the practices, are all really rather secondary in importance. They have their values, Certainly, they have their benefits, but of primary significance is a return to a kind of simplicity of seeing in which the development of wisdom and love takes place. (coughs) What we do in a retreat what we are actually engaged in, in this particular situation, is what is loosely termed as meditation. And again, too, that needs to be questioned. Obviously, meditation is not the ability to come in here and sit quietly on a cushion for an hour. Neither is meditation the ability necessarily to be able to follow ten breaths in a row. Neither is meditation necessarily the ability to run up and down your body and feel lots of sensations. That certainly is practice, that certainly is the application of method and technique. But meditation surely is much more than that. Meditation surely is a a total sensitivity, a total receptivity, a total appreciation that is applied outwardly, that is applied inwardly. It's difficult to feel that total sensitivity. And yet that total sensitivity is a prerequisite to the development of wisdom and love. It's difficult at times to feel that sensitivity simply because at times in our lives we do so easily become rather habitual, rather mechanical. Certainly this this busyness of mind, this occupation of mind, which often becomes such a dominant feature of our lives, is so often an expression of habit. So frequently our minds are focused outwardly on what is happening around us, on what other people are doing, on the need to change this or that. It is often also difficult to develop that sensitivity simply because there seems to be such an overwhelming amount of patterns, tendencies, and noise within the mind. The meditation, the actual meditation here, is really to go through all of that, to question all of that, to get in touch with a kind of sensitivity where we feel really conscious where we feel really awake within ourselves, 
where we feel really conscious of the world around us, where we feel totally conscious of what is taking place within us. It is actually not so difficult to be attentive. If we were playing the latest release of a feature-length movie up here, you'd probably find it very easy to be fascinated, absolutely entranced for an hour. It takes a certain amount of that kind of energy, interest, motivation to develop that kind of sensitivity and consciousness within ourselves. If there's something to be very conscious of in a retreat situation, is that we don't become overly preoccupied with technique, that we don't become overly preoccupied with our expectations of what should take place in a retreat, that we don't become overly preoccupied with preconceived ideas of what should happen in a retreat, but rather that we enter into this situation with a sense of freshness. And that's very challenging for people who've done a number of retreats or a great amount of meditation to be here with freshness, so that each sitting is like your first sitting, so that each walking is like your first walking, so that this isn't just a comfortable kind of place to be, but that rather it is a a challenge to be with ourselves, to look within ourselves, The emphasis on that sensitivity is that it is a prerequisite to developing wisdom and love. And I feel that these two must develop simultaneously to really live a life of wholeness and freedom. We look around us, we look within ourselves, We see how much conflict there is in life. We see how much suffering there is in life. That conflict and suffering are not things that are decreasing in our world. If anything, the sophistication of our society, our culture, seems to even breed further dissatisfaction, further discontent. We look at conflict and what creates it. We see that vast amount of conflict can be related to separation. The separation between I and you, between us and them. Separation breeds division. In division there's a consciousness of differences. Out of division there is a source of judgments, of labels, of comparisons. It's also the source of anger, of defensiveness. We need to question that dynamic. Can we live in a world of differences without division? Can we live in a world of different presentations without conflict, without separation? And one sees that actuality, that conflict is related to separation, 
Traditionally, the approach is that to overcome separation, one must see the emptiness of self, the emptiness of the I notion, to see it's got anatta, to see that. That if one sees the emptiness of all of that, one will also see the end of separation and the end of conflict. That is a development of insight, a development of wisdom. But I feel that there is at times often, at times in people, an imbalance in that. In that one can develop that kind of insight into the emptiness of self, see through separation and appearances, and still have a kind of withdrawal, still have a kind of dryness, a kind of withdrawal from the world, from one's sense of participation in it. With the development of understanding, there also needs to be the development of love, the opening of the heart for there to be balance. Seeing through separation comes not only through seeing the emptiness of self, but seeing through separation also comes through establishing a strong and clear and deep sense of connection through the heart. If we can truly perceive and understand the oneness, the reality, the truth that we share in, there is in that love, there is in that an end of conflict. And in this retreat together, we'd like to emphasize the development of these two, both wisdom and love. The development of those two, the opening of the heart, the development of understanding, is meditation. We often have images of what meditation is as a kind of experience which takes place as a result of a certain amount of number of hours of practice or whatever. That the meditation experience is perhaps even isolated to the sitting posture. And I feel those images at times become rather distracting. Meditation, we have all experienced in our lives at different times. At times we've experienced, in na- experienced it in nature when we've been able to listen to the sound of a bird, to the sound of a child, to watch a sunset, to see a tree or a leaf blowing in the wind. And the mind has been so still, so receptive, so conscious. There is in that a deep sense of appreciation, awareness and consciousness. We probably experience times of true meditation in relationship with other people, times of communication when our needs, desires, expectations, our desires to assert or defend ourselves have dropped away. And there has been a sense of sharing, touching, and oneness. 
We've experienced times probably of pure meditation alone with ourselves. Times when we haven't been trying to distract ourselves. Times when we haven't been judgmental. Times when we haven't been trying to occupy ourselves and experienced a deep sense of inner stillness that's not limited to mind, to body, to personality. And that too is pure meditation. The meditation does include a deep sense of appreciation. That meditation is that kind of total sensitivity and receptivity. And is what we will give emphasis to developing here. To be sensitive, to be totally sensitive, we need to be attentive. We cannot separate the two. We cannot separate sensitivity from attention. Obviously, we can't be sensitive to the moment, to the present, to ourselves, to another person. If our minds are full to overflowing with yesterday, tomorrow, our needs, our desires, our wishes, attention is needed. And in the retreat here together, there will be a certain evolvement of the med- actual forms of meditation we use, beginning with the development of attention. In the beginning of a retreat, there is almost, in the way in which we use the practices of meditation, almost a narrowing down of the attention to a particular object. And the object that we choose, which we suggest here, is the breath. Not in order to avoid a larger sense of the universe, not in order to avoid thought, not in order to avoid issues, but simply to give priority to developing attention, a sense of calm, a sense of serenity, a sense of spaciousness within ourselves. And that sense of being grounded and focused then becomes a a basis, a means to opening out that field of attention to increasingly encompass the body, the mind, the sense doors, the world around us. So initially there is a kind of narrowing down in order for there to be a full and clear opening up. The days here together will be divided between some sitting meditation, some walking meditation, some standing meditation. Initially in the sitting practice, suggest that you do choose as the object of attention the breathing process. And in that, as long as the mind feels relatively steady, feels relatively clear, then I suggest staying in touch with the whole of the breathing process. In that one is really connecting with the breath from the moment that it enters the nostril, its whole movement and passage through the body to the point where it leaves the, the nostrils. There are times, particularly when the mind is a bit unsteady or when there's a lot of thoughts, a lot of images coming up, when it may be helpful to slightly increase the level of your breathing. Not too much or else everybody else ends up watching your breath. Just slightly increase the level of your breathing. 
That extra energy that's needed to increase the level of your breathing brings more attention. Again, when you feel steady, just to let your breathing be, to be in touch with it. We will talk more about the different ways of using the breath throughout the initial days here in the retreat. But as much as possible in the sitting, to use the breath, of course you, you have thoughts coming. Of course your mind wanders. Of course it find, you at find uh, times that you feel rather dull or rather drowsy. There needs to be a rather patient, non-judgmental relationship to all of that activity. There's no medals given for watching ten breaths in a row. There's no diplomas awarded for being able to watch your breath without any thoughts. One must accept what is happening. Of course, one could, it would be unrealistic to expect that you would come into a retreat and sit and that your mind would stop. One needs to be allowing of that without indulging in it. As soon as you are conscious of the attention moving away from the breath, just as soon as you are conscious of it, you return again, not to judge or condemn or label what has already gone by, simply to return again to the breathing process, being sensitive to it, being conscious of it. With the sitting posture, suggest that you do choose a posture which feels relatively alert, which feels like you're steady, but again, in that, not to make your sittings an endurance test, not to make your sittings a test of willpower. Most of us don't need that much help in developing willpower. That if you come to the end of a sitting and you're absolutely crippled and unable to move, you've simply pushed yourself too far. There may be times when you mindfully, consciously need to change your position which is quite different from squirming around every time there's a twinge arising. But to choose your posture, being as alert, as comfortable as you can be, and focus on the breathing process. In the walking meditation, and there'll be just as much time given to the walking as the sitting in the first days of the retreat. I know that there is often this rather attitude that sitting is somehow better than walking. But when you consider that you spend the majority of your life in activity, in movement, with your sense doors open, it's very important that we develop in that the means to be awake when we're in movement. Meditation is not a great deal of help if it can only happen when you've got your eyes closed on a zaffle. So in the walking meditation, to bring attention, let go of the breath, Experience the body. Slow down the whole movement of the body and just place your attention on the touch of the feet on the ground. Just aware of one foot lifting, moving through the air, placing it. Aware of the other foot lifting, moving through the air, placing it. Just be aware, as much as possible, connect with the sensation, the feeling of the walking, rather than the sense that you have to go somewhere or uh, or the thought about walking. As much as possible, connecting with that basic sensation. Each morning we begin the day with an exercise period. And truly I recommend trying to move yourself somewhat during that exercise period. I know it's very tempting at times to feel, aha, well I've still got another hour before I need to drag myself out. 
but it really is truly helpful to start your day in a way that you feel alert, that it's not a kind of shuffling out of bed and then a shuffling into the meditation room to continue the last dream that was taking place. <laughs> but then when you come here in the morning, it's a sense that you've begun your day with this real sense of being conscious, a real sense of being awake. And in that first sitting of the day, just to in introduce it in a nice, soft, gentle way, we'll play a piece of music for about 15, 20 minutes, in which the attention is just on being with that, just on listening, and then returning again to the breath. During the day, there'll also be that Christopher and John and I will be meeting with you individually, and in that, as much as possible, it is a meeting together. It's not us to tell you necessarily what you should be doing, but rather a sharing of what is going on, a sharing of what is taking place. If we can be of any help, any aid in the development of the practice, then wonderful. In the each evening, then one of us will give a, a talk, a particular subject. is basically the, the outline of the structure, of the form of the retreat. And hoping that for all of us, for each one of us, that the retreat can be truly an opportunity to connect within ourselves with what is of true significance in our lives. May all beings be at peace with themselves. May all beings live in peace with one another. May all beings live in peace. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.